Hi, this is Brian Hobbelt. Thank you so much for listening to this podcast. As of now, there will be a new episode every month. Besides that, you'll see some bonus content once in a while. When you subscribe to this channel, you will be notified when a new episode is available. It is my prayer that this message from the Word of God will give you hope and encouragement. Let's go to the message. Today I would like to talk to you about the power of words. The words you speak will determine your destiny. What you proclaim over your life will find you. You are the only one who determines where your life is going. God has already approved you and marked you with his favor. You have the key in your hands to determine how your life is going to be. It is in your words. Let's look at what the scriptures have to say about this topic. James chapter 3, verse 2 to 5, it says the following. Anyone who is never at fault in what they say is perfect, able to keep their whole body in check. And when we put bits into the mouths of horses to make them obey us, we can turn the whole animal, or take ships as an example. Although they are so large and are driven by strong winds, They are steered by a very small rudder wherever the pilot wants to go. And likewise, the tongue is a small part of the body, but it makes great boasts. Consider what great forest is set on fire by a small spark. What we see in this scripture passage is that James is teaching us that when a human is able to control his tongue, he is able to keep his whole body in check. The words that we speak will result the kind of way our life is going. James is giving three examples of how essential the words are that we speak. We put a bit into the mouth of a horse, knowing that if we can control its mouth, we can control the whole body. So James says that if we can control the tongue, that we can control the whole body. But if the tongue is uncontrolled, the whole body is set on the wrong way. We also see the example of a rudder. It is a very small part of a ship in comparison to the whole size of the ship. And yet by exerting pressure on that little rudder, the steersman can alter the course of the ship and direct it to safety. A rudder is small and it is attached to the very end of the ship. But it has such a power that by this little rudder, And by the power of one man, the great bulk of ships can be moved. The last example is a small spark that can be the cause of a great forest fire. Just like a small word, it can instantly create something humongous. You've probably noticed that. So the tongue is also very small, yet it can direct the whole course of a man's life. James is not for a moment saying that silence is better than speech but he's pleading for the control of the tongue. So James is not saying to be silent, but to use your speech wisely. So we can conclude that whatever follows what you're saying will eventually find you. So speaking negative will result that your life will go downhill in a negative way. Speaking positive will result that your life will go an uplifting and positive way. Maybe not immediately, But after a while, you will start noticing it. Well, can you imagine what will start happening if we will start speaking supernatural? It will result that your life will go a supernatural way. 
You know, the good news is that you get to choose whatever words you're using. You have the power over the words that you speak. My question is, what kind of things are coming out of your mouth? Proverbs 18 verse 21 says, Life and death are in the power of the tongue. And we know that, for example, with relationships, words in relationships can literally make or break a relationship. So if you say, I'm tired, then tiredness will come looking for you. If you say, I'm so old, then wrinkles come looking for you. If you say, I'm overweight, then calories come looking for you. It is as though you are inviting them. Whatever follows what you're saying, you are handing it an invitation, opening the door and giving it permission to come in your life. Now again, we might not see that immediately, but repeatedly saying these things creates attitudes and behaviors in our life that starts inviting these things to us. On the other hand, you can say things like, I am blessed and blessings come looking for you. I'm talented and talents come looking for you. I'm healthy and health starts heading your way. I'm strong and strength starts tracking you down. You invite in your life whatever you say. So what you speak will determine your destiny. What else do we see in the scriptures? When we continue to read in James chapter 3 verse 7 and 8, we see the following. All kinds of animals, birds, reptiles and sea creatures are being tamed and have been tamed by mankind. But no human being can tame the tongue. It is a restless evil, full of deadly poison. Do you see that? No human being can tame the tongue. The Bible tells us that in the beginning of creation, God gave men authority to reign over the animals, the birds, the reptiles, the fish, and over every living thing that moves upon the earth. But God never put a restriction over the speaking of man. He gave men the choice to say what they want, when they want it, and how they want it. So humans have control about anything else in the world except what they say and do themselves. And God wanted to entrust you with the words that you speak. And you can either speak life or death. And the choice is up to you. When we continue to read this portion of scripture, we see in verse 9, With the tongue we praise our Lord and Father, and with it we curse human beings, who have been made in God's likeness. Out of the same mouth come praise and cursing. My brothers and sisters, this should not be. Can both fresh and salt water flow from the same spring? My brothers and sisters, can a fig tree bear olives or a grapevine bear figs? Neither can a salt spring produce fresh water. Well, this sense of speaking is all rooted in what is on the inside of you. Your heart reveals what comes out of your mouth. Fresh and salt water cannot come from the same spring. And oranges cannot grow on an apple tree. The origin is determining the outcome and result. And the Bible tells us to be made new in the attitude of our minds. And if we transform our mind, we will transform our life. Speaking words will give life to your faith. Jesus said in Matthew chapter 12, verse 34 and 35, For the mouth speaks what the heart is full of. 
A good man brings good things out of the good stored up in him, and an evil man brings evil things out of the evil stored up in him. Dear listener, you decide what you will speak and what future you will have. You decide to say, I'm ugly, I'm worth nothing, I'm not good enough. Or you decide to say, I am beautiful, I have all what it takes, I'm talented. What is it going to be for you? In school, I was never really the best student of my class. I was actually below average and I had difficulty doing all the homework and studying for the tests. And I can remember moments when teachers had said things to me about my IQ and the way that I was and that I probably wasn't going to accomplish much with school and with studying. And as they spoke those words out over my life, I started believing them and sometimes I started saying them as well, that I wasn't smart and I couldn't do it and I couldn't pass this test, I couldn't write that paper. And that also affected my results. But at some point during high school, I started changing the way that I looked at myself. Not accepting what other people had said about me, especially some teachers at school. What I saw very soon is that not only did I want to study more, but I also saw better results. Well, that eventually resulted that I not only passed my school, but I graduated as the second highest of my class. Let's look at an example from the scriptures where we see this principle worked out. In Numbers chapter 13, the Lord said to Moses, Send some men and explore the land of Canaan, which I'm giving to the Israelites. From each ancestral tribe, send one of its leaders. So at the Lord's command, Moses sent them out from the desert of Paran. All of them were leaders of the Israelites. So what we see here is that the Lord is giving this land that they are about to explore. God makes a promise and declaration that he has this hand promised for the Israelites. Now, when God, the maker of the universe, makes this statement, we know it's true. God is the highest authority. He has the final say. He gives instructions to send one leader from each tribe. There were 12 tribes in Israel, so 12 leaders were sent to explore the country. They were sent out from the desert to discover a new country that was going to be theirs. So when Moses sent them to explore Canaan, he said, grow up to the Negev and on the hill country and see what the land is like and whether the people who live there are strong or weak, few or many. And what kind of land do they live in? Is it good or bad? Are they unwalled or fortified? How's the soil? And do your best to bring back some of the fruit of the land. So Moses is sending them out as a group to explore the nation that they will possess in the future. Moses is asking all those questions to see what the land is like in order to know what they will get. He gives them the assignment to bring something back from the land as well. It is like your father tells you that you will get a car. He will just give it to you. The only thing you need to do is to go to the car dealer and look. Your father is giving you a very specific question where to look and he tells you to make a quick test drive. Look if there's not a scratch on the outside, look if the car is running okay, look if the tires are new, look if the mileage is decent. And when you've looked, come back to me and I'll give it to you. Or for example, someone just out of the blue will say that they're going to 
be generous towards you and buy you a specific house. But what the person wants you to do is to take a look at the house, take some photos and give back a report. So you make an appointment, go over and bring with you all the list of the things you want the person who is giving you the house to know. What is the property worth? Is there anything wrong with the house? Is there central heat and air conditioning? How many bedrooms and bathrooms are there? Are my animals allowed to come? Is there a pool in the yard? Is this a friendly neighborhood? And this is exactly what took place when Moses sent out those 12 men. They were out on a trip with each other and were discovering their future home. So they started to explore the country. They went to different places, from the mountains to the valleys, from the cities to the farmland. And they cut off a branch of grapes and figs and more things to bring back home. And they discovered all that was needed for 40 days. And then they went back to the Israelites who were still in the desert. When they came back to Moses, these 12 men reported back everything that they had seen and that they had experienced. And then look at what the scripture says. Then Caleb silenced the people before Moses and said, We should go up and take possession of the land, for we can certainly do it. But the man who had gone up with him said, We can't attack those people. They are stronger than we are. And they spread the word among the Israelites, a bad report about the land they had explored. They said, The land we explored devours those living in it. All the people we saw are of great size. And then it goes on and it says, Joshua the son of Nun and Caleb, who were among those who had explored the land, tore their clothes and said to the entire Israelite assembly, The land we passed through and explored is exceedingly good. If the Lord is pleased with us, he will lead us into that land, a land flowing with milk and honey, and he will give it to us. Only do not rebel against the Lord and do not be afraid of the people of the land because we will devour them. Their protection is gone, but the Lord is with us. Do not be afraid of them. So what we see here is a report of all the 12 spies that went to Canaan. Now take into consideration that God had already said to them that he was going to give them this land. And Joshua and Caleb were the only two that responded in a positive way. They were speaking words of courage, faith, and hope. But the other 10 spies were speaking of the land in fear, anxiety, and avoidance. They were saying, we don't have any chance. The cities are fortified and very large, and the people are huge. Compared to them, we felt like we were grasshoppers. Look at what they speak. They speak weakness, intimidation, and inferiority. What is interesting is that the negative reports from those 10 spies spread like a wildfire throughout the rest of the camp. And before long, some 2 million people that were in the desert were intimidated and afraid. And no one even paid attention to Joshua and Caleb's report of faith. What would your response have been? You know, sometimes we're so used to the desert that we are in, in our lives, that a promised land is too much for us to handle or imagine. The situation you might be in right now is not that great, but over time you've gotten so used to it and you've gotten comfortable in it that your past and current circumstances have become so obvious. 
So taking hold of something that's new or something that's in front of you or a new big step seems very scary and you rather stay away from it. Remember we talked about the fact that what we speak will determine our destiny? Well, Joshua and Caleb were the only spies who were speaking positively about the promised land. And that resulted in their destiny. Joshua and Caleb were the only ones out of all these people in the desert to enter God's land. The ten spies who were speaking words of fear and did not believe the Lord for his promise, they never made it into this promised land. They always stayed back in the desert. They never came in. Well, in the same way, God has promises over your life. But you will determine what you will do with it. Do you speak words of faith, courage, and hope? Or do you speak words of hopelessness and negativity? You know, as a man thinks in his heart, so is he. And God has great plans for your life. He has great things laid out in front of you. Now you have to take hold of them and speak words of faith, speak words of positivity, and believe God that He is going to do what He has promised you. The power of words, very important. Your words have impact today, tomorrow, and for the days to come. So choose them wisely with the wisdom of the Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. Hey, thank you for listening to this message. The gospel means the good news. And this good news is that Jesus Christ can save and change the lives of every person in this world. That is what he has done for me and he can do for you when you accept him in your life. Why should we keep this amazing message to ourselves? I challenge you to share it with the people around you. You are able to reach people that I might not be able to reach. If this message has encouraged you, you can show your appreciation by placing a comment, share it on social media and talk about it with your friends. I want to say thank you for your help in advance. I hope you have a great day. God bless you and until next month.